Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Dr. Sandro, Dr. Sandro. Oh uh, yeah, hello, how's it going? Uh, you needed an ER. Oh, but I haven't washed my hands yet. Someone uh, climbed up a ladder, yeah, and has nearly died. We need you. We need you in there to to diagnose what's wrong with them. Oh, okay. So let me go and have a look at this patient. Hello, patients. Oh, hi. It's me. Oh, it's the patient. Hold on a second. Hold on. Just hold on one second there. I'm just gonna get a second pair of eyes. Hey, you intern Jacob, can you just come over here for a second? Yes! <laughs> yes! Does this uh, person who's lying down here on this on this bed asking, you know, for, uh, for a little look because they fell off a ladder, that looks an awful lot like the person that runs this hospital that I was talking to just a couple seconds ago. Oh, splitting image, sir! <laughs> Thanks, young British Jacob. <laughs> That's me, Governor. <laughs> uh, welcome to Old Goodie, the show where our intros are 99% worse than the actual episode, statistically, except for this 1%. Um, welcome to the show, Jacob. Hello. We're also joined by Sandro, Yo. as per usual, and myself, Zach. How you doing, Jacob? Yeah, it's good to be back. Always good. Not great. For watching this movie, but good to be back in the seat. Mm. You could say NG. NG, not great. NG. NTG, not too great. Not too, not great. too great, not too great. We always get you on to do very unfunny comedies. I got Forrest Gump and that was so good that God was like, never again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was it. That was all of them. Yeah, critical condition. Yeah. Uh, What's there to say? <laughs> um, I'd say, I, I'd say it got better as it went on. It started off very poorly and got to mediocre by the end, I feel. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about you guys. I think it started off very poorly and then it stayed <laughs> very poor. <laughs> oh, okay. I had to watch uh, some clips of Richard Pryor doing stand-up afterwards just to remind myself that he could be funny. Because I wasn't yeah. sure at the end of this movie. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of the, uh, like... We are in we are in January, and this feels like a January Ooh. movie, a movie that has been dumped in the c- cinemas because no one involved with it had any faith that it was going to do well. So they were just like, mm. ah, we'll release it in January, the dumping zone for films. And uh, mm. this does feel like a January movie. Yeah, it, it feels like they had as much faith in themselves as uh, the main character did as a doctor. <laughs> and they did just as well, I feel. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't like the first half, but I liked the second half. I thought that was... Once he got to uh, doctoring quotation marks, I thought it was a lot better, but it still wasn't great. It was still quite pain. That first oh, opening scene was very painful. I don't know about you, Jacob, though, but I, I was expecting this to be a lot more um, offensive than it was, particularly because it revolves around mental patients. Mm. Yeah, 100%. Kudos to them. I wasn't, like, offended by it, besides what offended mm. by how bad it was. Oh. Um, <laughs> but not as in, yeah, it was definitely, definitely very, yeah, fine. Yeah, no, it was surprisingly um, unoffensive. We saw, what was it, um, the Jackie Chan movie? Yes, Wheels on Meals. Wheels on Meals, that was it. And uh, it it didn't feature psychiatric patients, but they were in there, and that was more offensive than this movie. So, yeah, uh, love it. When did this movie come out? What year was it? This was nineteen eighty-seven. Just like every movie we're watching this year. Yes. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> I, <just laughs> love it. I didn't know what year it was yet, Zank. It's a 
interesting year so far. Before we jump into it, just a quick heads up, just a quick reminder uh, that this year of the podcast is powered by the Dead Dad Club on mm. Patreon. First bonus episode dropping on the 1st of February. Sign up now to get that episode uh, as soon as it comes out. And you won't get charged until it comes out either. So that's pretty cool. What's What are we reviewing on that one, Zach? Uh, we're reviewing uh, one of the greatest movie series of all time. The Never Ending Story. Specifically, movie number two. Which has some interesting features that I'm sure Sandro's not going to hate. I am terrified to do this movie. <laughs> I like I like the plot that they take it in the direction. Okay. I don't know if the movie's good though because I haven't seen it in twelve years. Right, uh, roughly. So yes, yeah, so this is going to be you returning for nostalgia, and yep. me returning out of pure hatred for this franchise. Yep. <laughs> so this will be fun. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about Critical Condition. It was uh, one of three options that you had this week. The other two probably worse than this one, though, to be honest. One of them was uh, mm. The Bedroom Window, about a guy who is having an affair with his boss's wife, uh, but witnesses an assault from her window. Then he has to lie to cover it all up, but the police start thinking he's a bad dude. Mm. Sounds awful. And then there was also Wanted Dead or Alive, a sequel to the TV show from the 50s, about the son of the main character being wanted dead or alive or something. There's something about that. Sounds like a bad movie that you would only understand if you had seen the original franchise and still also dislike this movie. I kind of want to watch Bedroom Movie. It sounds like the plot of, uh, what's it called? Pineapple Express, but without <laughs> Seth Rogen. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Yep. This one was released January 16th in 1987. Uh, now, it's directed by this guy called Michael Apt, who... We have done one of his movies before on the podcast. It was one of our first ever episodes, actually, uh, which was a film that came out in 1994 called Blink. It was that violin one. Do you remember that, Zach? Mm -hmm. Googling. <laughs> <laughs> Not a good sign that you can't remember the movie you watched. He directed that, but he also directed two of probably the worst franchise movies of excellent franchises, including the James Bond film The World Is Not Enough, one of the worst James Bond movies, and also Narnia Voyage of the Dawn Treader, the film that absolutely ruined that that trilogy. Oh, I remember this film. I, I remember it. After not Googling it up, I finally remembered part of this film. Yeah. Uh, this film wasn't so bad. This was all right. This one, uh, you could say, was apt. Nope. Um. I, oof. <laughs> oof. Unlike uh, the current film we watched. It is written by John and Dennis Hamill, who didn't do anything after this aside from, like, network TV. So, ah. for the cast, Richard Pryor plays both Kevin Lenahan and Dr. Eddie Slattery. Is, is that really two characters? No, it's the that same an, person. That, that annoys me. <laughs> yeah, in the cast at the end of the movie, that's what they've got in the credits. Is Dr. Slattery an actual person that just didn't show up? Is that what yes. we're meant to believe? <laughs> yes. I thought that was the other surgeon guy. They both had the same name. Oh, no, that was a really bad joke because they both introduced themselves as Dr. This and Dr. That. And so Richard Pryor was like, oh, we both have the first, oh. the same first name, which is Doctor. Oh, I thought, I thought the movie was being clever. That's my bad. That's <laughs> clearly on me on that one. Uh, Pryor had done movies prior to this. Cut <laughs> oh, <laughs> him. That's the name. Uh, including the Muppet movie and Superman 3. But if you don't know him, he is considered one of the best stand-up comics of all time. Jacob, what do you think of Richard Pryor as a stand-up comedian? Actually, I haven't listened to to a lot of his stuff. Was he the guy that's, that was, like, majorly cancelled for lots of bad things? No, he was not cancelled. Um, he died in 2005. I know that he had, like, a lot of, like, drug problems and stuff. There was one time where he lit himself on fire because he was in, like, a cocaine-fueled oh. <laughs> night. Pretty lit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he was ever, yeah, necessarily cancelled. I mean, Good to know. I know that he's definitely respected as a stand-up, but no, I haven't seen too much of his stuff. I've seen some of his stuff. It was alright. Yeah, he's he's pretty good. Yeah. In this movie, though, um, hmm. <laughs> I think he does a lot with what he's got. You know what I mean? You get that script, right? Mm. You need to now 
makeup fanny. Mm. Given that, I think he did an okay job. Yeah. I guess so. Uh, you can see it in the opening where his lines are just terrible. Like, the the things are terrible. But he, he puts on a show. He's very energetic. He Yeah. He says the lines well. I feel like he's good. It's just not a, it's just not a funny script. He's probably, like, he's a pretty good actor, though. Like, there's some dramatic moments that he, he sells pretty well. Plot-wise, they're, they're terrible moments, but, like, you know, he sells them. Mm-hmm. Uh, he certainly does the deer in the headlights very well. Oh, and I also that. love how he's meant to be uh, playing a character in his early 30s, <laughs> which they mm. purposely point out, which I think is the best joke in the movie. That mm. um, it's kind of like a meta commentary. Yeah, yeah, because you you really hate it yeah, when it's uh, awful. <laughs> other actors are portrayed as slightly above or below their age. That's just that's just the worst for you. So that must have been a good joke. Yeah. How old was he when he made the movie? Uh late thirties, early forties. <laughs> okay. But they specifically say that he's in his early 30s. <laughs> I love it. Yep. <laughs> That's pretty funny to be in your early 30s and already be like a majorly failed businessman. <laughs> yeah. We don't get any backstory for his character either. Like it, like it starts off and then it ends. And we don't know anything about him. He could be a terrible person. We don't know. Well, we, we see through his actions what kind of person he is. Although we are told he's terrible with business. Mm. And uh, he doesn't seem to deny that fact. No. He doesn't prove that wrong throughout the movie. Uh, for the rest of the cast, Rachel Ticketine plays Rachel Atwood. Uh, surprisingly, not not the first character called Rachel that Rachel has played before. Oh. Uh, fun fact, Rachel oh. plays a lot of Rachels. She was in Law & Order LA for a while, but and she's also in that movie Con Air with Nicolas Cage. It's a big meme. So she's good. Yeah, I think that's where I recognise her from. So there's that, and then the other... Notable cast member is Joe Mantegna, who plays Dr. Arthur Chambers, the main villainish kind of... There is a proper villain, but then he's kind of, like, the villain you're meant to care about. He's a big-time, like, character actor, both on uh, stage and screen. He's been in The Godfathers, Free Amigos. He's also the voice of Fat Tony in The Simpsons. Really? Yeah. That's him. Wow. I was going to say, when we got there, but I'll bring it up, like... I got annoyed with the the second villain. Mm-hmm. There was two villains in this movie, so they sort of split screen time between them, which I wasn't a fan of because the only reason that like cr- uh, crazy evil dudes trying to escape is so they can have a crazy climax at the end of the movie. I guess mm. that's fine. But it annoyed me. I don't know. Yeah, it's one of those things where the movie is not an action movie, but they're like, oh, maybe it will rate better in the young demographic if there's a fight scene type of thing. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It felt very forced for this type of movie. One could also say this movie is bad porridge, though. <laughs> yes. This is definitely not good porridge. Now, um, <laughs> would you, do you think this one, Jacob, is either good and or bad porridge? What's your opinion on this? I definitely think it's bad porridge, Zach. Yeah, yeah. But this isn't only bad porridge because it's not good porridge. It's bad porridge. It's just bad. It's awful porridge. Uh, There is no critic score for this movie on Rotten Tomatoes, but it got very negative reviews on release. Pretty much everyone just saying how unfunny Pryor is, but they did think that he acted pretty well. It's got an audience score of 35%, though, based off um, about 250. 50,000 reviews? It's got a few, actually. And then 5.4 on IMDb. Uh, Somehow this cost $14 million. Yeah, because of the helicopter would have been up there, the damage to the buildings and stuff. (laughs) Yeah, the damage to that hospital. Oh, my goodness. And and all the lawsuits they would have to pay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And probably Richard Pryor, do you know how much he got for it? Oh, he would have gotten a... A lot. I hope he got the majority. What do you think it made, though, of a 14 million budget? Let's start off with Jacob. Oh, man, I want to say low, but I reckon people still went to it. 20 million. Okay. Ooh, 20 mil. That's a a high praise for this movie. (laughs) That is true. It is a kid's movie, although it is in January. I don't know. I'm going to go low. I'm going to say it didn't make its money back. I'm going to say 7 mil. While I wish, Zach, that that was the case... Jacob has hit oh. the nail on the head. It made $20 million. <laughs> yeah. Wow. 
I've never been anywhere close. Now it's time to pick your favourite tagline. Uh, Jacob, this is a brand new segment we are doing this year where I've got all the taglines for the movie and you're both going to pick your favourite and then something will happen with that, probably on Instagram. We haven't figured it out yet. The two taglines for this movie were, according to IMDb, guess who's playing Doctor? (laughs) (laughs) I like it because it's so bad. Yes, that's awful. Get ready for this one, though. A comedy of epidemic proportions. Oh. What's your favourite? I like the first one. <laughs> These are some bad porridge. <laughs> These are some bad porridge. I definitely like the second one. Oh, it's split. It's split right down the yeah, middle. Yeah, no, these are these are terrible. I hate both of these. These <laughs> taglines are worse than last week's. Yeah, uh, it's bad stuff. It's bad porridge. It's bad oh, porridge. Oh, yeah. Um, Jacob. Yes, Zach. How many times did you actually laugh during this film? <laughs> Once. There was one joke that I liked. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to know. Oh, twice. I changed my mind. Twice. Hey, if you care to elaborate, please. So the first one was when he says, didn't your parents work hard to send you to medical school? And then the guy goes, my parents were wealthy. And he says, would yeah. they be interested in a Cineplex? <laughs> Yeah, that was <laughs> that's, a, that's a good joke. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good that's a good joke. The second one isn't a good joke. It's a terrible joke, but I liked it. Um, and then he goes, "Oh, here's crazy, all right, but it's just about them lifesavers, especially red." Oh, that's right, the red. Oh my, that's right. Yeah, that wasn't even a joke. That wasn't even a joke. That was just a way for uh, the female lead to figure out that the other guy. Was it was a stupid lifesaver thing that they were doing throughout Ugh. the movie? What the fuck? Oh, that's so dumb. Those are the two times I laughed. What about you guys? I think I laughed when they pointed out that he was in his early thirties. <laughs> yes, that's fair. That's fair. And maybe the scene where they were all trying to pull the helicopter up the stairs—that was kind of funny. That's mm. probably it, though. I don't know if I laughed during this film. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. I I gave it the most positive review at the start, but I don't think I laughed very much during this film. I think I I heartily blew no like blew air out of my nose mm. uh, at a few moments, but I don't think I actually laughed. But were you like bored during the movie though? I was. Yeah, mm. deeply. I was bored during the first half thoroughly. Okay. All right. Well, let's go through the very thin plot. Uh, it opens up with shots of New York with uh, probably the best part of the movie for me, the music. I thought the music was really good. Oh, yeah, the music was all right. Some good, like, 80s club tunes. And some thick fonts for you. Ooh. Yeah, some capital fonts. They were T-H-I-C-C, thick. You, you like these fonts? I like these thick fonts, Zach, I did. You like thick thoughts and you cannot lie. <laughs> I liked him. I did like him. Oh, that's good. That's good. I also like the font. I thought it was good. Did you like uh, the blue heart monitor line on the mm. on the, the the title font? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Did you like that, Sandra? No, hated it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you love it, but you normally love it when they do fancy dumb things that reference what's going to happen during the movie as the font. <laughs> That's like your favourite thing. Also, the, the title is Critical Condition. No one's really in a critical condition throughout this movie. Definitely not the main character. Oh, that's a, You should write a letter to the writers. Yeah, yeah, that's the one thing I hate about this movie the most. And that it's stolen a great name for a medical movie. <laughs> <laughs> critical Condition is a great name for a movie. Yes. But it goes to this movie, which, as you said has no one in critical condition except the police officer who is dead. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. That's unforgivable. Yeah. I reckon it would be a great movie for a rom-com where mm-hmm. one of the two protagonists is in a coma or something. Oh, yeah. Mm. I just killed the conversation with that. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I reckon a rom-com... <laughs> Yeah. I, I was, was trying like, to think of a way to add on to that, but I was like, yeah, oh. no, hmm. I was also, I was like, yeah, the rom-com with a guy in a coma. Yeah, you know, it'd be like, um, what's that movie where they take their dead friend around? Oh, uh, Weekend at Bernie's or something? Yeah, Weekend at Bernie's, but uh, the guy's in a coma. 
<laughs> nice, a nice workshop. Yeah. All you need, need, need to do, uh, I think, to get that funded is add Adam Sandler as the guy in the coma. Yeah. And I think, yeah, you can probably get that made. It just periodically wakes up. Yeah, and goes, Zoe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd get made, that'd get made. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. And I hate what I've created. And I hate I've been a part of this. I regret everything. This movie opens in a adult store, and yep. the joke is that it's an adult store. Yep. That's the joke. The joke is, look where we are. Look at the location. <laughs> oh, there's masks and magazines. <laughs> and, and dolls. Yep. Dolls wearing said masks. To a more charitable reading than Sandro is giving it is his there to get a loan, right? Yes. Yeah. So it's a little bit of character, you know, exposition to say that he's yep. tried to get a loan from everywhere and now he has to go to a sex shop to get one. Mm. Yeah. He's he's not the greatest businessman in the world. Uh, yes, definitely. <laughs> That's about to change as we meet uh this this blind uh individual yeah. <laughs> who uh asks our main character what he's looking for in here, you know? Mm. Can't you see I don't look like someone who should be here or something? Oh yeah, there was a few blind jokes. Oh god damn it. I'm not, I wasn't comfortable with the blind jokes. The movie starting off with jokes like that, I thought this was going to be a really offensive movie. <laughs> Richard Pryor's like, how do I look? And he's like, how the fuck am I supposed to look? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then they just do that exact same joke again. They, they do it twice. They, uh, so that's yep. the second one, I think. Oh yeah, he has a, a, a sex magazine. He's touching it up, and he's like, "Oh, that's not a woman." Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's a, good, uh, that's a great joke. Ha ha ha. That was a good joke, and he's like, "Oh man, these need to be scratch and sniff." It's terrible. It was. It was rough. It was a rough opening. Yeah. Uh, and and then it just got kind of rougher because it goes in to do the meeting with the mob boss, and the mob mm. boss is like. All right, I'll I'll give you money to open your theatre, because that's what he wants to do. He wants to open a cineplex. Mm. But he's got to put himself up for collateral. That's the number one thing. Then the number two thing is he's got to take a briefcase full of diamonds to another city. Ooh. And so then Richard Pryor comes in with the line, Oh, I'll do that, but I'm... I'm tense. I'm I'm so tense right now. You could open a beer bottle cap with my bum hole. He says that line. Yep, he does. <laughs> That's a joke. Uh, I <laughs> I had a lot of a uh, lot of air blowing through my nose. I was like, ah, oh, this is this is some comedy right here. It's comedy gold. But also to give them the benefit of the doubt, maybe in 1987 that was like the first time somebody had made that joke. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure the the crudeness was a lot more potent back then. Nowadays, we're uh, we seen sausage party, you know. <laughs> seen worse. Yes. yes, we have. I haven't because I couldn't get through it because it was so bad, and I didn't have to watch it for a podcast. Because, like, I feel like if Richard Pryor wrote this, this could have been funny. If he was allowed to improv, this could have been funny. But I don't know what happened. Mm. Maybe he just just. Didn't get along with the director or something. I don't know. Mm. Maybe he was high of his face this entire film. Yeah. <laughs> Look, it's a possibility. <laughs> but anyway, uh, it turns out the blind man from before is actually a cop and he put a wire on Richard Pryor and out of nowhere, all the cops, they burst in and they're all like, you're all getting thrown in jail. Everyone, everyone here. And then his lawyer doesn't even offer him to go to trial, just says, you're going to have to take a one-year guilty plea. Yeah, okay, this, this annoyed me. He could have said that he was just agreeing with the mobster... Uh, so he could get out of there and he was actually not intending to travel with these diamonds or whatever. He was just being threatened by a mobster. At gunpoint. He was literally being coerced at gunpoint. I feel like he could have got away with this. I feel like this movie could have just not existed. <laughs> that should have been the end of it. <laughs> and yeah. this is a legal drama. I was ready for the credits. I was like, oh, well, this is open shut. He was coerced at gunpoint. Couldn't really do anything, you know? And so his lawyer's just going to come in and it's like, yeah, don't worry about it. They're letting you go with a couple of days of community service. Easy done. Yeah, it's weird that that's the setup that the writers came up with. Like, there's so many other better ways to probably get him thrown in jail. And the reason they find to get him thrown in jail is so thin. My guess is that 
like Americans wouldn't want to root for someone who is guilty. For, yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. What he has to do to avoid getting thrown in jail and probably getting killed by these mobsters is plead insanity. In the courtroom, uh, he goes a little crazy. He's asked a question by the opposing attorney or whatever, and uh, then he yells at his lawyer to answer the question. He picks up his lawyer. He throws him around. Yeah. He steals the gavel. Yes. Mm -hmm. Which I thought was great. And then he collapses. So he's got 20 days to be evaluated at the psych hospital before he gets thrown in jail. And uh... Yeah, that 20 20 day thing didn't really matter, did it? I thought for for a second there was going to be like a... He has to prove himself in these 20 days that he is in fact insane. Mm. But it, it never really came up. Yeah, he just has like a meeting. With the psychiatrist. Oh, that meeting was awkward as hell, though. What happens, Jacob, in that meeting? What happens? So, in the 80s, Rorschach tests were very popular, mm. where you show someone an ink blot and then they need to tell you what they see. And our mate just tries to be as crude as possible at every ink blot. I don't know if that's the best way to go, go about uh, being insane. I mean, clearly it's not, seeing as he's not rated that insane. Yeah, she uh, she sees through his performance there, and it's like, you're not really. Something interesting, a meta look at Richard Pryor's performance is his, pl- his has to pretend to be insane, right? But he mm. has to play it in a way that everyone in the, wor- in the, you know, in the movie knows that he's pretending to be insane. <laughs> <laughs> like he has to play insane but not convincingly which I guess he does a decent job at but he does not convince the doctor and is is um is told that he is heading off to jail in the morning and everyone in yeah the psych area of this hospital they've come to you know to really like him uh it's a great cast of characters in the psych hospital mm. it's one guy who thinks he's a dog mm. his name is Fido hated that he picks up a ping pong ball later on with his mouth and spits it out. And he's like, good boy, and gives him a cookie. Like, what? Mm. what? Yeah, well, they treat him like a dog because that's what he wants. Which is, yeah, you know what? Good on him. Yeah, I think that guy could be the happiest person in society, to be honest. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. There's also this quite uh, strong dude who is white, but he, he thinks he's black. <laughs> yep. Was that the joke? I never got that. Wait, you never got that? Yeah, that's what I was going to bring up is probably the most offensive. But he never says anything too bad, so... No. Still not good, but you know. (laughs) (laughs) It was a strange thing. But anyway, yeah, this cast of, uh... This cast of psych patients have all come to quite like Richard Pryor, so... Yeah, when he is told that he is getting thrown in jail, they all start getting really upset. So upset that the main doctor of that area, Dr. Chambers, uh, threatens to send them all to the worst asylum in New York or something. He's like, you're all going to this bad place. And they're all like, no. We don't want to do that. <laughs> Look, I like that. Can you do that again, Sandra? What? What? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I like it. And then the power goes out because there's a big old hurricane on New York and they the, the power goes out. And once again, second movie in a row, they got to rely on the generator. Jacob, have you ever had a generator before? I have never had a generator. I've never needed a generator. But here's something interesting. Like the Cold War, you could argue, was 1985 to 1991, right? And maybe Americans were really scared about being, like, nuclear bombed and needing <laughs> needing power generation. Is that something? So that was in the psyche. That's probably where, like, the doomsday prepper thing started as well was around that time. So, definitely. It was a very common thing, I think, like, generators. And you'd keep a... Uh, I was about to say flagon. That's probably... <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Flagon? You understand. That's a unit of measurement. Of uh, of petrol. Just to guzzle down whenever <laughs> yeah, you're feeling yeah, cold. Just a half. <laughs> little, little, yeah. little, little bit of, for me, a little bit for you. A little bit for me. Fill up that generator. Yeah, when the, <laughs> when the planes start flying, you got to get that generator going. But yeah, one of the new features of, of this year on the show is that we do have a, a checklist of tropes that we're kind of mm. adding to throughout the year. And because generators... We're in last week's movie and this week's movie. I, I propose that we add generators to that checklist. Yeah, all right. 
We could add generators. Anyway, then what happens? Uh, so the power goes out because there's a hurricane. By the way, there's a hurricane, guys. Just remember yep. that. Oh, we don't ever see it. And they're on an island. That's important. So Richard, Richard's like, oh, while this power's out, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sneak on out of here. Mm. Um, because meanwhile, the uh, administrator, the guy in charge has gone to check on the psych ward or something just before he leaves. Like, he's doing his rounds just before he's left. As the power goes out, yeah. uh, he's checking on the psych ward. And so they're like, Whoa, you're taking away our power. Quick, get him. Yeah, and they hold him hostage for the rest of the movie until he's important again. Uh, until he needs to be the bad guy. Yeah. Um, and, and Richard Pryor manages to escape, yeah. Yeah, meanwhile, uh, the person in charge of the, the night shift is this new lady she she's in charge of the hospital and it's her first day mm. which just so happens to be during a hurricane she had a pretty rough night but she fell in love so it's worth it <laughs> did she though <laughs> we'll talk about that at the end of that arc but like what <laughs> she's the she's the main female character in the movie sandro so yes. by law she has to fall in love with the main male protagonist that's how it works uh, they actually run into each other at this point as well because he's in one of the offices and she walks in and she uh, and she mistakes him as this um as this ER doctor that's meant to be arriving at this time and so this is when the movie really starts because now we've got him pretending to be a doctor when he uh, and this is this is the real kicker he doesn't know how to be a doctor wait what so 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 it's very funny <laughs> yeah this movie is an snl sketch that all true snl sketches go way too long <laughs> yep but the sketch is richard fire pretends to be a doctor and he can't be yeah the first thing he tries to do is is drive off the island that they're on but the causeway is out and he's like oh no what am i gonna do and so he has to come back to the hospital and they're all like, why'd you steal a, a, a van? Why'd you steal an ambulance? Why, why are you trying to leave? And then we get, like, lots of different, basically, sketches of, like, okay, him and his patching up someone's leg. Mm. What are some other ones? He's got to help this older lady go to the toilet. Classic. Mm. But he passes that on to the intern, and quite frankly, I think that's a missed opportunity for some <laughs> very funny hijinks. <laughs> that could have been a scene, Sandro. That could have been a scene. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, no, missed opportunity. Oh, uh, what about the scene that goes on for ages where, like, he has to do this examination on this very, very sexy woman? Mm, oh, God. Because uh. it starts off the scene with the uh, him fobbing off the job to the assistant. Yeah. But then when he spots there's a sexy lady, he's like, nah, get out of here, assistant. I want to do the sexy lady job. And then it gets all sexy till she mentions that she has the clap. I just looked that up. The clap is gonorrhea. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's what the clap is. That was a weird scene. That was very weird. That also feels like 1980s humour. Of like, oh, uh, doctors, uh, everyone knows they got to have sex with the patient. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that's just a given. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But anyway, while all this stuff is happening, we also see this other character, this new character, this patient who has been brought into the hospital, uh, who we don't really know anything about, but eventually kind of put two and two together. He's a criminal, and he's trying to escape... And so what he does is he shaves, because he's got this beard, he shaves the beard, and then no one knows who he is, and he's the villain. He's, I love how also, like, all of those guys in the men, like, like there's lots of criminals in this, in this movie, right? Mm. But this guy is the villain just because the movie decides he's the villain. <laughs> yes. Yeah, this is the bad one. Yeah. The other ones, they're great. They're fine. Exactly. Yeah. What was his accent? Because at times he sounded American, but then at times I thought, like, is he doing German? He's he's American, but Americans can't be bad guys, so he's American-German, you know? Yeah. That's that's how it works, apparently. It's great stuff. Again, not a fan of this villain. It's not. It's not very good. It's He's just an ends to a means, and uh, you felt that in his character. Also, this institute was bad. I don't know if you guys got that impression, but, like, they have, they have an insanity ward, they have criminals, they have other things. They have, like, two cops in the entire building. They have no security guards or anything. How does the, the manager get stuck in the psych ward for, like, the entire night? 
How does that happen? This place should be sued. Yeah, no, it's a bad hospital. It's bad porridge. <laughs> it's, it's bad porridge. <laughs> well, we should talk about the suing thing. So the other doctor, like the real doctor there, mm. he's obsessed with getting sued. And that was like the only real political statement of the movie, which is that the American medical system isn't about providing care. It's about avoiding litigation. But it's like, cool, good point. Now, <laughs> move on. Yeah. Yeah. But they keep going back to that. That, <laughs> yeah. is, that is the... The one thing this movie wants to say, yeah. Even the climax itself is about suing and other things. Yeah, there's also the scene as well where um, I think it's after Chambers is let out of the psych ward where where he is like ranting at everyone, being like, you see that patient over there, they could sue us, and that person could sue us. But he's saying that in the room where they can hear him. And yet, if they know that they are going to be able to sue him, they probably will. Yeah. Like, if you're in the same room with someone yelling at everyone, being like, that mm. person's going to sue me, you know, and mm. he's pointing at you, you'd probably be like, you know what, if I can make money out of that, yeah, you yeah, sure. Oh, good idea. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the generator room gets uh, gets drowned. There's a bit of a leak in there. R.I.P. So, with no generator, Richard Pryor has to do what he does best and enlist all of the patients to help out in the ICU because they've got to keep everyone in there alive by hand, basically. Yeah. So what 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 patients would you go to first? A strong, healthy person. Strong, healthy person. Okay. Um. So let's start with the 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 lobby. Mm. We've got most of the main people in. That's good. That's good. Uh, most people there are mostly healthy. They just need checkups and other things. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh. Then let's go to like uh, drug recovery. That sounds good. Yeah. Oh, they sound strong and healthy. Yeah, because they could be bribed with drugs. So let's just do that. <laughs> then you've got pretty much an army of muscle that's willing to do whatever because you just deny them drugs till they do, you know. And there is this one character who was credited as Helicopter Junkie. Oh, Helicopter Junkie. Who used to be in the war. Yeah. And there's this great scene where Richard Pryor, he's trying to get the helicopter into the foyer of the hospital so that he can turn the helicopter on and blow Again, air why? from why the... Why are we doing that? <laughs> why, why the fuck are we doing that? Because they need what? ventilation, Zach. Yeah, and they're going to use the helicopter as well. How, how does this helicopter do this? I don't understand <laughs> this plot line. Okay, I'll explain it. They need ventilation, right? Mm-hmm. And so the helicopter spins its wings and it's air conditioning. How is this better than the regular ventilation? I don't know. Because the ventilation just... was out due to the electricity. Yeah. But there's also the scene where Richard Pryor has to fly the helicopter to the elevator area. And uh, he does so with the help of Helicopter Junkie. But Helicopter Junkie keeps having war flashbacks. And Richard Pryor's like, Helicopter Junkie, stop having war flashbacks and help me with this helicopter. <laughs> Part of the symptoms are like, oh no, they blew up my drugs. Which is another statement just on Vietnam and drugs. So they got two political statements in there. Let's do it. Boom, boom. Pow, pow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Knocking them out of the park. Turn them it's out. Just... Yeah. Turn them out. It's a statement to say the Bachelor Party was funnier than this. Like, that's yeah. a big thing to say. Yeah. But it's true. It's true. It's like, I was just here. I'm just in... I'm in my head, Sandra, being self-conscious, being like, I'm not being funny on this podcast, right? But there's nothing to be funny about. (laughs) (laughs) It was just a bad movie. It was just really bad. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Oh, my dad's coming. Give me one second. Hey, Dad. Okay, my dad wants to be in. Come and speak clearly into the mic. Okay. (laughs) Where's the microphone? Hello, everybody. I'm Jacob's dad. That's my claim to fame. Now, I have a question. Hello. Hello. You know that meat you bought from my hot pot? I do know the meat that I bought. I don't think it's good hot pot meat. I've got some chicken in the freezer. Should I use that instead? No, you shouldn't. I bought that meat for the hot pot. It says grill, barbecue, or fry. I'm an innovator. I think you should put it in the slow cook. Hot pot meal. Can I have some other opinions from this audience? Okay, guys, my dad wants you to say. Please one agree second. with me that meat looks very mushy, and in a hot pot, it's going to get all mushed up. Yeah, I, I, if you, if you've got mushy meat, I don't know if that's the best idea to hot pot it. Thank you. That's exactly what I think. 
But it's nice meat, Hungarian it's, it's, like it's sausage mushy meat. Mince. It'll, look, it's it'll like, taste nice. It's like mince in the form of a, of a sausage. It's very mince. soft. Mm. Yeah, I don't know about mince. Yeah. Okay, thank you, thank you guys. You've <laughs> confirmed it. I'm overruling him. Thanks, Jacob. Good yeah, All right. Overall. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> now that's content. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is my life. <laughs> That's great. We're back. It's gone. Um, what were what were we I'm up sorry, to? I'm sorry, you're on the hot pot. <laughs> what, Zach? <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't decide with you on the hot pot. <laughs> yeah, well, now I'm gonna have to have a sub <laughs> meal <laughs> because of you too. <laughs> We're agents of chaos, you know, this is what we do. I'm so sorry, I'm not gonna be on the podcast for a bit, you guys talk. Look, chicken will be fine. I was just trying to innovate for once in my life. Got some nice and different meat, and my dad can't handle the heat. I laughed way harder at that than any point during this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Um, where are we up to? Oh, uh, there is a boat that Rachel has the key for, and both Richard Pryor and the bad guy are like, Ooh, I want the key! Uh, he has a big speech, because he's given all these tasks by the lady. He he gives a big speech about how, uh, they're not to rely on him. Uh, they have to rely on themselves, you know? I'm not gonna be here forever, so you gotta rely on yourselves. And everybody claps. All the all the patients clap for him because it was a great speech. Yeah. That was a good speech, actually. That was a good moment. Uh, and then we get a- another pretty decent moment where uh, the guy that fell off a ladder um, earlier needs surgery. And, and so the main doctor, um, he asks Richard Pryor to help him out on the surgery. Uh, so they do that. They go... There's a whole thing where, like, they need a generator and stuff. It goes on for a while. But basically, it wraps up with... Uh, them about to go into the surgery, but the main doctor kind of sees that Richard Pryor probably isn't a doctor. He actually kind of figures it out. He's the only smart person, really, in the movie. He kind of puts two and two together and is like, actually, I'm going to go get the the intern. I like these scenes. They're heartfelt and they have some meaning. They're not funny, though. This isn't the comedy part of the film. It's the parts where they're not comedy, which were the best parts of this film. It's not great for a comedy. It got a little too cheesy and too wholesome near the end for me, but I did quite like this. Oh, scenes. right near the end, yeah. But this yeah. is like, this is just at the end of the good part of the film, so. <laughs> yeah. So then after all this happens, uh, a dead cop washes up and they're like, oh, wow, that's the body of a dead cop. That guy, that escaped prisoner that we all kind of forgot about, turns out he's been doing things and he's been killing people. Yeah, that's and a bummer. And so uh, they're all on the lookout for him as Dr. Chambers finally escapes the psych ward and uh, calls up Rachel and says, that guy who's pretending to be a doctor is actually a patient. Bum, bum, bum. Oh no, this guy who I've had faith in for this entire movie, who's, who's gained my trust, I'm now going to not like him immediately. What? I mean, he... She probably does feel a bit betrayed, but, you know. And you could even say that she'd fallen in love with him. You could. Uh, they make a deal to release Chambers from the from the guys that are holding him hostage by uh, agreeing to not send them all to that bad hospital place. So that's good, I guess. We get some closure on that. And then, yeah, the, the movie pretty much just wraps up at that point. Like, Dr. Chambers is free, and he's yelling at everyone, and he's like, we're all gonna get sued, it's all gonna happen... Uh, everything, everything terrible is going to happen to us. And then something terrible does happen to them because uh, the main bad guy, he lights the hospital on fire. So what the hospital really needs, Sandra, would you say? It needs a leader. Yes. It needs somebody to take charge. Now, is it going to be the the hospital administration? Do you think that they have the chops to be leaders right now? Uh, no, because, you know, all he cares about is getting sued. I wonder if there's an unlikely leader who's been leading this whole time, but we haven't even realised. No, there uh, isn't. Um... And that's the end of the film. <laughs> uh, it all burns down. <laughs> yep. They all die. <laughs> the end. Would have been a better ending. <laughs> 
Again, the problem with this is that they have, like, this villain who lights the fire and this causes that so they can have an action scene where they're fighting because he kidnaps the main... You didn't need that. The The place could have just lit on fire. Like, yeah. there's so much water damage. Anyway, literally on the generators. You have water and generators. There could be fire there. You could start an electrical fire. And that could have done this whole, oh, he wheels back to help them... Uh, escape the fire but it costs him his freedom but then at the end they're all like nah we don't we won't want to keep him here yeah instead yeah they just add in this bad guy purely yeah for the fact that he kidnaps rachel to get the boat keys mm. uh and then there's a fight between richard Pryor's stunt double and and him um to be fair this, mm. the stunt double looked like him so that's good i didn't even realize it was mm. a stunt double neither did i so i'm glad you pointed that out good stunt double yeah how do they deal with the bad guy? Does he just get knocked out and then arrested? <laughs> no. We need another unlikely hero <laughs> to come in and save the day. A power couple, you could say. <laughs> yes. Is this when he's climbing the fence to try and get away from Richard Pryor, but then the man who thinks he's a dog grabs under his leg like a dog? I'm glad this character came back. But not only just that, mm-hmm. there's, there's more than one character to help here. There's everybody's favourite character. Yes. Guy who thinks he might be black. <laughs> Does he actually have a name? Did he actually have a name? I'm sure he did have a name, Zach. Uh, yeah, I am I feel uncomfortable referring to him <laughs> as the guy who thinks he might be black. It's pretty... Yeah, when you think about it, so, like, I like how the people in the ment- like in the psych ward... Like, most people in psych mm. wards have, like, diagnosable illnesses. In yeah. this movie, mm. there's a guy who thinks his dog, yeah. guy who thinks he's black. Uh, what else was there? Like... There's a guy who bounces a ball, guy but you take ball. away his ball and he's just still bouncing it. <laughs> uh, the guy, yeah, who thinks he's black, his character's name is Box. Box. He's played by martial artist Randall Cobb. Love it. Oh, and also, fun fact, I, I didn't even realise this, the guy that plays the bad guy is named Joe D'Alessandro. Oh my goodness, that's my name. Oh, oh that's my your goodness. name. Whoa, I'm a, oh, I don't want to be associated with that terrible bad guy. <laughs> Sandro. You are now, Sandro. Sandro was the villain the whole time. <laughs> uh, so now that they've captured the bad guy, Dr. Chambers, he's had a change of heart and he's like, actually, Richard Pryor, you're not a terrible person, so I'm going to let you go free. And it ends with Richard Pryor and, and Rachel being like, we're going to go on a date. End of the movie. Yep. And then he, he, he boats off into the sunset. And he gets, as we know, the American justice system, as long as you prove yourself capable in any way, then they let you off. Yes. All charges. It's terrible. (laughs) It's a terrible movie. It's not funny. It's not engaging. It doesn't have a good moral message. I'll say uh, I got got a little engaged. I got that engagement through the middle of the movie. The problem is I didn't engage with the comedy. The problem with this comedy is that the comedy isn't the good bit. Right, you liked the wholesome moments and some of the... Yeah, I, yeah. Liked, I liked some of the wholesome moments. I, I didn't love them. Mm. I didn't think they were the greatest. I've seen way better wholesome moments. But I, I was with him. I was like, oh, he's having some wholesome moments. He's got a bit of character development. Yeah. I could jive with that. I could rustle my chilies. <laughs> yeah, the comedy was just not great. Okay, well, well, that's interesting, because I was going to say that um, I was going to propose that instead of rating this an oldie, we do give it the January Movie Award, which is not Mm. necessarily the worst movie that we've ever seen award, but it feels like like a nothing January movie the studio had to put out at a particular time. But if you enjoyed part of it, then I guess... No, 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 no. I'm giving it the January Award. Oh, okay. So, are you happy with the January movie you're watching? <laughs> yeah, I am. And that's for the worst movie of January? That's just for, like, a really bad movie. Just, yeah. But the thing is, I get the January award, but this movie came out in January. So, technically, it is a January movie. <laughs> but this... But, okay, but the January award is for a movie, in my head, should be for a movie that didn't come out in January that was so bad that it should have come out in January. Yeah, that is true. That is how it started. Maybe it's like a true January. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Like, yeah. <laughs> like other movies get the January one. Like this movie should have 
come out in January. This movie, it did. And it deserved <laughs> yeah, it. So exactly. it's the true... The true January award. Our awards have gotten so complicated over the last year. It was so simple in our first year, and now it's just complicated. I'll make a graph, you okay. know? We'll have, we'll have... I'll have different things on it. We can figure this out. We'll put that on our Insta. Excellent, excellent. Yeah. More work for you. Love it. Um. Alright, the true January award for this one. Now, uh, Jacob, we are not really doing the, the sequel segment. At the moment, it might come back at some point later on. So instead, what we're doing, uh, Zach, is a new segment, which is the add and remove segment. Which is exactly like the other one, except it's more flexible. Yes. So uh, out of this movie, you've got to pick one thing that you, you want to take out. One element, uh, one character, one trope, one thing to take out. And then one thing you want to kind of add in okay. as well, which can be anything. I've got it. I would like to take out the character of Richard Pryor. <laughs> Yep. And I would like to see a drama about competent administrators managing a hospital in the midst of a storm that puts out the power. Oh, yeah. And you know what we'd call it? Critical condition. It would make more sense. <laughs> yep. You know what I want to take out? The name. I want, to, I want to remove the name. That's what I'm going to take out. That, that's too good a name for this movie. I'm going to put in, uh, in a very bad shape, is what I'm going to call this movie. Uh, bad your, medical practices. That's your chain. That's... I'm going to add a new name. I'm going to call no. it, uh, we fucked this hospital up. <laughs> yeah. That's a good name. Yeah. It's like we bought a zoo, but we fucked, mm. <laughs> we fucked <a> hospital. Yeah. <laughs> I want to add some backstory to Richard Pryor's character. Uh, some bad backstory, making him a little Oof. bit of a bad boy, making him a bit of a Oof. criminal. And then I'm going to remove all the wholesomeness and just have him be the worst. <laughs> For the entire film. He's an awful person. Okay. All right. That's an interesting... That's an interesting twist. So those are our changes. All right. It's time for everybody's favourite segment... River, 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 raving hospital. Oh, uh, it's the time where we do surgery on uh, some of the reviews Ooh, that we've nice. uh, gotten for this movie. Not from the critics. We're going to go to the people who need it, the desperate individuals that post the reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. That's right, the audience scores this week because it's two people. It's going to be a little battle where they have to uh, try and guess the rating of each of the reviews. And whoever gets the most points uh, is the best doctor. That's a fact. Oh, cool. The way this works, I give you a review. You just have to guess the score. The score's between 0.5 yes. and 5. Yes. So the lowest is 0.5, highest is 5. Obviously, 0.5s exist, so keep that in mind. Are we ready to rumble? Incredibly. I have never been more ready. I doubt it. So, Dylan says, cool idea for a movie. Thank you, Dylan. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> wait, why, wait, did you, did you have a part of this movie, Santo? Did you like no, this? No, I'm just, I just wanted to thank Dylan for <laughs> that analysis, because I think that um, it really, yeah, it gets to the core of what we, we've mm. been saying this episode. It's quite helpful, actually, to kind of yep. put all my thoughts together. Yeah. Okay, well, you seem super confident. You know what Dylan's about. What, what do you think he rated it? Uh, 2.5. I think he rated it five stars. Oh, five stars. Whoa, you think this was a cool idea for a movie? Because I always, I always treat people as if they're normal. And normal human beings rate things five stars. <laughs> Or nothing. <laughs> yep. Yeah, but you forgot about middle of the roaders, who just rate everything three out of five, because that's what Dylan's yeah. done. It's three out of five. That was going to be my guess, but I thought it would be too much of a dick move to Sandro to rate it 0.5 above No, his. no, no, no. Absolutely <laughs> dick over Sandro at every opportunity, please. Okay, I'll get him next round. Mark says, Richard Pryor, full stop, comedy legend. Full stop. Mm. Abysmal script reader. Yes. Full stop. That's good. Full stop. That is good. 0. 0.5. Ooh. Sorry? Oh, you're going 0. 0.5. Ooh. 0. 0.5. All right. Jacobs, 
confident. He's in there. He didn't even wait to be asked. He mm. just rudely threw it out there. <laughs> rudely, please. <laughs> I took the initiative. Um, I agree that this is the sort of person I think that would give something a 0.5. So I'm going to go 1.5. Oh, Sandro's correct. Oh. It's 1.5. Abysmal oh. script. He said it himself. Script reader. Abysmal script reader. He might have liked the script. <laughs> he just thinks Richard Pryor is bad at reading it. Oh, he wrote abysmal script reader. Matt says, It's good to know that the man who wrote this terrible script was giving me screenplay advice. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Hey, uh... Oh, no. <laughs> Went to a film school and learnt from the guy that wrote this. <laughs> Someone salty about this... <laughs> The screenplay getting criticised by the teacher. I like the idea, though, that the guy that wrote this is a script doctor now and uh, and is going around, yeah, fixing scripts, much like how Richard Pryor was going around healing people in that not doing a good job. Yep. So, Sandra, what do you think he rated this? I'm going to go two. I don't think it's super negative, but, yeah, mm. I'm going to go two. One. Ooh, you're going one. All right. It's 0. 0.5. Oh! <laughs> Jessica says, watched it by mistake as a kid when I got the wrong movie. <laughs> the movie was boring. Watched it about two years ago. Still boring. <laughs> <laughs> two stars. Two stars. Yeah, because boring isn't necessarily bad. But I'll I'll go one, I guess. You go one? It's Sandro again. Not what? Sandro gets another point. No it's way. one out of five. I was going to do one. I was going to do one. You should have followed your heart. I'm not following my heart at all, except when I did and said point five. And it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Look, I've never won one of these, and now that I'm close to winning, I, I feel bad. What's the score? What's the score? I've got two. You've got none. <laughs> okay, let's nil. go. I'm playing. I'm playing. All right. <laughs> D.Y. says... If I could have given zero stars... <laughs> 0. 0.5, 0. 0.5, I in. Ah, oh, he's taking initiative. It, it does get a five-star rating as a curse for insomnia. <laughs> Whenever I can't sleep, this movie does it for me. Wait. So Jacob's going 0. 0.5. I'll, I'll go five then, I guess, if this is what we're yep, doing. Nope, it's 0. 0.5. <laughs> yes. We're making a comeback, kids. He says five-star rating for a cure of insomnia. Ah, uh, I see, I see. And finally... What do you mean, finally? We're going to three, Zach. <laughs> I'm beating Sandro. <laughs> well, maybe this one's for double points, then. <laughs> oh, yes. Double yes, points. I'm in. Vasilius? I am probably saying that wrong. Uh, says, LOL! <laughs> Richard Pryor. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> That's a good review. That's my review. Yep. Five out of five. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Sandra's starting off with a five out of five. Three out of five. Oh, Three out of five. Is that your final answer, Jacob? Are you locking it in? Go on. <laughs> <laughs> it's three point five. Oh, five. That's what I would have changed it to. I'm gonna say uh because you were the closest then yeah. you can have the two points. Oh no, you forced a tiebreaker. <laughs> I still haven't won one. Yes, I did. Boom. I still <laughs> with Jacob on three points. Is it three points or two points? Yeah, three, because I got one. Yeah, you got one before. So that makes you three points, which means you're the winner. Look, I can't take I can't <laughs> take that one though. That's okay, yeah. Sando. Sando didn't no, beat me. That's you, no, 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 no. Look, it's double points. Mm. You were close. You <laughs> can get half the points. I, let's let's say we'll do a tie. Yeah. Well, you didn't get a question, so you don't get the bonus point, but you can get the point because you were the closest, which brings it to a tie. Okay, I'll take it. All right, two points each. There we go. Uh, well, then we will wrap this up right now with the checklist. Just checking in with the 1987 checklist. Uh, we've already got a couple things here. The first uh, trope... Of 1987. Let's see if this movie checks it off. Was this movie bad porridge? Uh, yes. 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 All in inanimate agreement. Were the characters dumb in this movie? Yes. 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 Unequivocally. Uh, did all the good guys live? Yes, they did. Yep. Uh, bad guy from foreign country? I think so. Yeah, actually, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, and uh, now we can add a couple of tropes that are in this movie to the checklist. Number one was, of course, generator. A generator being mm -hmm. involved in the movie somehow. Mm. Mm -hmm. Were there any tropes that you noticed in this movie, Jacob, that you want to add to the checklist for 1987? Mm. Any tropes? 
Oh, well, the one woman character getting fallen in love with. Yep. Mm. Falling in love, say. Female lead falls in love, yep. T- yeah, token female lead, yeah. That is definitely a trope that is in this movie. Mm. Uh, and in last week's movie as well, they started off in love because they were already a couple, but, you know, mm. that did happen. Uh, I'm not sure. I was just trying to have a think myself. I was, I was going to say I was gonna say a power out, but we already have generators. That sort of covers that. I'll add that with the generator. Generator slash power out. Yeah. 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 Yeah, no, I don't really have anything else to add. All right, there we go. Well, that is the episode. Thank you so much for listening. As always, Jacob, thank you so much for dropping on by. My pleasure. You've got a new uh, food-related project, I believe, that is on Instagram. Did did you want to go ahead and plug that? Oh, yeah, let's do that. Uh, so if you follow on Instagram at Mr. Yes and Mr. No, then we'll be serving, we'll be slinging charcoal barbecue chicken wings oh. at market, at a market near you, farmer's market near you. Well, that is the episode though. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, if you like the show, number one way to help out, Jacob, I don't know if you know this, but the number one way to help out is to, uh, is to tell a friend. Now what we usually do is we do a scene where we act out telling a friend. It's usually me telling Zach who who plays the character of the friend. But this time, I think Zach is going to tell you about the show. I'm going to nail this. I'm going to nail this. Okay. Oh, yeah, you should do that. You should listen to the show. I should listen to the show? I'd love to listen to shows. I love shows. What show should I listen to? Well, you should uh, listen to... uh, What does Sandro do? He does some podcasts. There's some good podcasts. Oh, Sandro does podcasts? Yeah, he does this oldie but a goodie one. Uh, I'm on it. I think you've been on it once or twice. I would totally listen to that episode that I was on. What what platform? What platform can I listen? Uh, I think we're on Spotify. I love Spotify. On uh, Apple Podcasts, whatever they do. Uh, YouTube. Let me get this straight. You're telling me <laughs> that I can listen to a podcast featuring my friend Sandro, Zach, and myself? On the the platform Spotify or Apple Music? Yes, or any other place where you normally find podcasts. What's that website, uh, Sandro? Pandora, iHeart, Radio, uh, yes. Amazon Prime, uh, Audible, yep. um, uh, a bunch of others. Yep. Count me in. He also does several other podcasts. He does Nerd Out. <laughs> Nerd Out. Nerd Out's really good. Uh, I think he used to do a Doctor Who podcast. That, that was, was good. 10 years ago. Don't bring that <laughs> up. <laughs> no, I really want to bring it up. Sandra's been podcasting for a decade. Yeah. Yeah. He's old. We have some Instagrams. We have some Facebook pages. Patreon that launches uh, Feb 1st. If you join now, that you won't get charged until Feb 1st when the first bonus episode drops. So that's there. Uh, and then, yeah, also Instagram is new um, at Oldie But A Goodie Pod. Uh, you can email us as well if you want. That is the episode. Zach, you're picking next week's movie. Am I? I thought you're picking next week's movie. Thank you very much. I have a list of movies right here, which I need to tell you about. Next week, you're in fact picking them, and you're picking them between a couple of them. We got Jocks, which is a teen comedy about a tennis team who gets up to some mischief in Las Vegas. Uh, we have Mirage, a Hong Kong movie about a photographer who becomes obsessed with a beautiful woman who happens to be the leader of Dangerous Desert Bandits. That sounds pretty fun. What? <laughs> that sounds good. Okay. That took a twist. That's a good twist. <laughs> yeah, that was a twist. I don't mind a Desert Bandit, to be honest. We have uh, The Stepfather. Oh, no. uh, a serial killer marries someone and then kills them. When his stepdaughter starts getting suspicious, she discovers he has many different identities. Ooh. Uh, it's based off a real-life serial killer. Well, that doesn't make it fun. That makes it sad. Yeah. <laughs> we have <laughs> The Fringe Dwellers. It's the first Australian movie Ooh. to feature uh, Indigenous Australians in uh, all the main roles. It's about a young girl who dreams of life outside her family camp. Those are some interesting options. Yeah. Jocks, Mirage, uh, The Stepfather, and The Fringe Dwellers. Mm, I've got an idea of what I want to do, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call in a friend. Jacob, what's your preference? What do you think is more interesting here? Look, Jocks sounds pretty good to me, to be honest. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fringe Dwellers sounds like it's an important cultural movie cultural film yep. i'd encourage you to watch Definitely. that whether or not you podcast it but if it was me i think jocks las vegas 
That sounds exactly wow. like what this podcast is about. Mm. I was not leaning towards jocks. I was <laughs> leaning more towards the Hong Kong one. But I do agree with your point that Fringe Dwellers sounds very important, but also not really what the show is about mm. in terms of the movies that we cover. I yeah. I am going to try and watch that during the week, I think, because that does sound really mm. good. If yeah, I can find like, it. It sounds like a good movie, yeah. But yeah, I was leaning more towards the Hong Kong one, though. Then do it. Do, I reckon it's even more what this podcast is about is is Desert Bandits. I've listened to quite a few of these, and I think Desert Bandits... You've probably even already done those. Have we done Desert Bandits before? Yeah, we did the, the Sword of the Sorcerer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was bandits. Um, we did Conan. Conan, that was yeah. in a desert. We love deserts. We did Dune. That whole movie is yeah. just a planet. They're, they're all, they're all, and you could consider the the, uh, the people of the desert. They could be bandits, sort of. Yeah. 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 All right, well, let's do that movie then. All right. Heishi Shen Lu is the, uh, is, the, is the name. There you go. All right, well, yeah, we will do that next week then on the podcast. Let's wrap it up with the best quote, our favourite quote, I should say, rather, not necessarily the best quote, from Critical Condition. <laughs> I have one. Can't you see I don't belong in a place like this? And that was me watching the movie. <laughs> ah! <laughs> beep, 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 beep. That was a good quote. Shots fired. Sandro, what's your favourite quote? My favourite quote is probably... Uh, when Richard Pryor runs into the other doctor and they're like, mm. you're Dr. Slattery. Yes, you're Dr. Foster. Wow, oh. we've both got the first name, the same first name, Doctor. Hey, that's that's the quote I misheard and thought meant something completely different for the entirety of the film and now only realised was just a really dumb line. <laughs> yeah. And my favourite quote. <clears throat> hey, it's me, Richard Pryor. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm not really a doctor. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. That's a good quote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm a comedy legend. <laughs> hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com style. 